Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Resolute Forest Products fourth quarter results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, Please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to Marianne Limoges. Thank you. Please go ahead, Madam. Good morning. Welcome to Results Fourth Quarter Earnings Call. Today we'll hear from Yves Laflamme, President Chief Executive Officer, and Rémi Lalonde, Senior Vice President Chief Financial Officer. You can follow along with the slides for today's presentation by logging on the web the webcast using the link in the presentations and webcast page under the Investor Relations section of our website, and you can download the slides. Today's presentation will include non-U.S. GAAP financial information. Our press release and the appendix to the slides include a reconciliation of non-GAAP information to U.S. GAAP financial measures. We will also make forward-looking statements. Forward-looking information is based on our current assumptions, beliefs, and expectations all of which involve a number of business risks and uncertainties and can change as conditions do. Please review the cautionary statements in our press release and on slide two of today's presentation. I will turn the call over to Eve. Yes, Good morning and thank you for joining us. Today, we reported $129 million on adjusted EBITDA in the fourth quarter compared to $140 million in the third quarter. Our results reflect strong pricing for lumber and our wood product segment's ability to derive bottom line impact with strong end markets, like those we've seen in the second half of 2020 with the rebound in U.S. housing stock and robust demand for repair and modeling. We also noted an increase in paper shipments in the fourth quarter, signaling the gradual recovery for those markets is underway. But it remains unclear whether they will recover enough to justify restarting the capacity we temporarily idled due to the rapid drop in demand during the onset of the pandemic, specifically the AMOS and Bekelo Newsman mills, for which we recorded non-cash charges of $80 million in the fourth quarter. By segment, we reported quarterly adjusted EBITDA of $2 million in market fall, the same as the third quarter, $2 million for tissue down by $4 million, Wood product was unchanged at $139 million and negative $1 million for paper down by $7 million. For the whole year, adjusted EBITDA was $338 million compared to $213 million in 2019. The better performance reflects a significant increase in lumber pricing, the added contribution of the U.S. service we acquired early in 2020, lower overall manufacturing costs, and better performance from the tissue segment. But it also reflects an unfavorable effect of lower pulp and paper pricing and lower paper shipments, 
largely due to the economic impacts of the pandemic. Let's review our individual segments, beginning with market pulp. Global demand for chemical market pulp in 2020 rose by 4% through November compared to 2019, with demand for hardwood increasing by 8% and softwood decreasing by 2%. Demand in China rose by 9% and 6% in North America as at-home tissue consumption during the pandemic outpaced lower printing and writing demand. The higher demand pushed producer inventories well within the normal range. 37 days for hardwood and 33 days for softwood by end of November. In the quarter, our average transaction price improved by only $3 per metric ton due to softer pricing for fluff pulp and recycled bleach craft pulp, which offset incremental gains in hardware. Our shipment increased by 11,000 metric tons, and finished goods inventory fell to 53,000 metric tons at year-end historical low. Through December, U.S. at-home tissue demand grew by 16% compared to 2019 due to the structural shift in consumption patterns caused by the pandemic. But by the same token, the away-from-home market has been far more challenging as demand dropped by 9%. Our realized price, pricing for parent rows and convert products continues to improve quarter over quarter with our efforts around customer portfolio and mix optimization. But our reported average transaction price slipped by $77 per share tons, or 4% this quarter, because of a parent royalty stocking initiative and productivity gains on the carbon tissue machine. In December, we completed the acquisition of a converting facility located in Hagerstown, Maryland, with three bath tissue and power converting lines. The Hagerstown asset will improve our converting capacity extend our product offering and expand our territory to the attractive Northeast market. Despite the sluggish in duck water and tissue, the segment did make $17 million of EBITDA in 2020, and we expect it will continue to improve. Fourth quarter using housing stocks has raised $1.6 million on a seasonally adjusted annual basis, up by 11% compared to the previous quarter with single-family homes, which consume more lumber, up by 12%, and multi-family stocks down by 2%. Lumber prices have come off their recent highs about midway through the quarter, down by as much as $450 per thousand board feet from peak in some grades. But despite the expected seasonal slowdown, they snap back later in the quarter on strong demand. As a result, we closed the fourth quarter with an average transaction price relatively unchanged compared to the third quarter, up slightly by $8 per thousand boat feet to $608. Our shipments also rose by 5 million boat feet compared to the previous quarter, reducing our inventory to 97 million boat feet, which is a historical low. Following our planned capital investment over the last few months, we started bringing the Eldorado sawmill online in December. We expect to start selling its output mid-quarter in line with previous expectations. We are also making plans to bring our English facility in northwestern Ontario back to one shift operation in the coming weeks in line of market conditions.
as we've said many times before, the pandemic has been particularly hard for marketing dependent paper products. In 2020, North American demand for uncoded mechanical papers and newsprint fell by 23% and 29% respectively compared to 2019. Super calendar grades dropped by 29% and standard white grades fell by 17%. Global newsprint was down by 23% in the year. All this push operating rate was consistently low in 2020, forcing capacity reductions. We reduced our own operational footprint to adjust to the pandemic, to the dramatic reduction in economic activity by temporary idling capacity, including two newsprint mills since the spring, representing in aggregate 28% of run rate paper capacity. Accordingly, we recorded 143,000 metric tons of downtime in the quarter and over 500,000 metric tons in the year. But this measure allowed us to run our remaining assets to capacity and therefore maximize the operating efficiency of our very competitive asset base and to control our inventory, all of which together allowed us to withstand the profound shock of the pandemic operating at about a break-even level. We expect that overall paper pricing touched the bottom early in the quarter, leading to a reduction in our average transaction price by $11 per metric tons, or 2% compared to the third quarter. But shipments improved by 43,000 metric tons, and inventory fell to 96,000 metric tons. EBITDA in the quarter segment was negative by a million dollars for the quarter. I will now have Remy discuss our financial performance. Thank you, Eve. We reported net income of $45 million in the fourth quarter, or 55 cents per diluted share, <coughs> excluding special items. This compares to net income, excluding special items of $62 million, or 72 cents per diluted share in the previous quarter, and a net loss, excluding special items of $53 million, or 59 cents per share in the same period last year. Special items in the fourth quarter include uh, $80 million of charges related to the temporary idling of the Baycomo and Amos newsprint mills, non-operating pension and other post-retirement benefit or OPEB costs of $24 million, foreign currency translation loss of $13 million for net monetary liabilities, and other expenses of $15 million. <coughs> Total sales in the fourth quarter were $769 million, up by $39 million compared to the third quarter, on higher shipments for all business segments, but mostly paper. Manufacturing costs rose by $23 million in the quarter after removing the impact of volume and foreign exchange. Compared to the third quarter, the all-in delivered cost for market pulp was essentially unchanged, up by $2 per metric ton. EBITDA in this segment was also unchanged at $2 million. The delivered cost in tissue increased by $112 per short ton, or 6%, and the average transaction price declined by 4% due to the higher percentage of parent roll sales with a destocking effort at Calhoun. EBITDA for this segment decreased by $4 million to $2 million. In the wood products segment, the delivered cost rose by $12 per thousand board feet, or 3%, to 
mostly due to higher stumpage fees for Canadian operations, which track lumber prices, as well as higher maintenance costs. EBITDA was unchanged at $139 million. Papers delivered costs remained relatively unchanged despite higher maintenance costs and lower internal power generation as shipments increased by 12%. But the average transaction price for the quarter slipped by 2%. EBITDA for this segment came in at negative 1 million. We recorded a credit under the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program in the quarter based on the drop in revenues in our pulp and paper segments through the end of October due to the pandemic. We're using this credit to partially offset the additional costs associated with keeping our Amos and Bacomo mills in hot idle mode. On Tuesday, we closed a private offering of $300 million of unsecured senior notes due 2026 with a 4 and 7 eighths percent coupon issued at 100% of par value. We'll use the proceeds from the offering together with cash on hand to redeem all of the $375 million aggregate principal amount currently outstanding of our 5 and 7 eighths percent senior notes due 2023 at par. This refinancing allows us to deleverage the business, reduce our interest burden, gain more flexible terms and covenants, and add three years of maturity runway in our capital structure. Concurrent with the refinancing activities, both Moody's and S&P revised the credit rating outlook from negative to stable. With a strong EBITDA from lumber and a $122 million working capital release in the quarter, we generated $158 million of cash from operating activities in the quarter. Accordingly, our cash position closed at $113 million at year-end. We also used our strong financial position to repurchase an additional 2.1 million shares of our common stock in the quarter for a total spend of 10.5 million. For the year, we spent $30 million to repurchase 6.9 million shares, over 8% of the total outstanding. Net debt fell by $93 million to $448 million by year-end, bringing our net debt to last 12 months adjusted EBITDA down to 1.3 times. Our liquidity also improved by $216 million to $693 million, in part due to a new 10-year secured delayed term loan facility for up to $220 million Canadian dollars, which is undrawn. We made $78 million in capital expenditures for the year, for 2021, we expect to spend approximately 90 to $100 million in net capex. We made $29 million in softwood lumber duty deposits in the quarter, bringing our total deposits to $243 million, which is recorded in other assets on the balance sheet. During the fourth quarter, we contributed $51 million to pension plans, which, as previously disclosed, included a $34 million catch-up contribution to U.S. plans deferred from previous quarters under the stimulus bill. We also made OPEB payments of $3 million, with a combined expense of $9 million included in adjusted EBITDA. We made $108 million of pension contributions in all of 2020, and $11 million of OPEB payments. 
Our balance sheet net pension and OPEB liability increased by $102 million from year-end 2019 to $1.6 billion. The increase is due to the unfavorable impact of a 50 basis point drop in the applicable U.S. GAAP discount rate over the course of the year. As most of you know, we think about our net pension liabilities in terms of the funding deficit calculated in accordance with applicable pension legislation because this is what determines our annual contributions. Using discount rates that more closely resemble our return on assets, the funding deficit stood at $629 million a year-end, slipping by $132 million in the year due to the 50 basis point reduction in applicable discount rates. Accordingly, we expect that for 2021, our annual contributions to pension plans will increase by roughly $15 million to $120 million, plus $12 million of OPEP. After the well-documented pandemic-induced challenges of 2020, there are a number of encouraging signs to carry our recent momentum into 2021 across all four of our businesses. We expect that the strong level of U.S. housing starts and healthy repair and remodeling activity will provide a tailwind for lumber markets for at least some time to come, even if prices come off their recent highs. We're also encouraged with the recent marked pickup in pulp demand against lower industry inventories after the prolonged lag that followed the significant overbuilding of producer inventories in late 2018, especially hardwood in Latin America. With the quality and competitiveness of our remaining paper assets, there is room to build with pricing on the fourth quarter volume gains, as publicly reported, as end markets gradually rebalance after the steep pandemic-induced demand drop of 2020. For tissue, we will continue to drive performance improvements in the business with better portfolio mix and operating efficiency. I'm excited to assume the leadership of this company in just a few weeks. I've spoken with many stakeholders since my nomination, and I'm encouraged by their response, the energy around the Resolute story, and the talented team that will move this business forward. Our job now is to accelerate our evolution to, to generate long-term value for shareholders and to drive sustainable economic activity in the communities where we operate. Let me take a minute as we close to wish Eve a happy and healthy retirement after almost 40 years with Resolute and its predecessor companies. After helping to build the lumber business to where it is today, He's closing his career after a very eventful three years as CEO. From the highs of 2018 to the very choppy waters and the existential scare of the pandemic, he has been a steady hand at the tiller. He set a course to make us a better company, and he held to it, leading by example every step of the way with a tireless and selfless work ethic. He focused on cost reductions in difficult times and on long-term efficiency enhancements in better ones. He made Resolute a stronger, more competitive organization. He's a man of his word, and Resolute in turns reflects this transparency and integrity. On behalf of everyone at Resolute Eve, thank you. Thank you, Remy. We are weathering the COVID-19 storm with remarkable strength, and I'm, a, and I'm proud of our commitment to health and safety, as well as support for the communities in which we work and live. 
we continue to enhance the already meaningful relationships across our operating communities. Over the years, together, we have taken important steps in our transformation and built a more sustainable and competitive organization. I want to thank the so many people in the forest product industry who have supported me during the almost 40 last years. I know that Resolute is going to be in good hands with Remy as CEO and supported by a strong team at all levels of the organization that will lead it forward. Thank you. This concludes our formal presentation. Operator, we will now be open for your for questions. Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Your first question comes from Hamir Patel of CIBC Capital. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Eve, uh, could, uh, could you give us a sense as to how much uh, COVID uh, has uh, affected your ability to increase uh, lumber production, and, and has that varied between Canada and uh, the U.S. South? Uh, you mean you, you mean increasing the capacity? Yeah, I'm just curious how much of a constraint uh, maybe COVID yeah. from a labor disruption yeah. standpoint has been. Yeah, of course, you know we have uh, we have had you know constraints with uh, you know cases, COVID cases, you know, pretty much all facilities, pulp and paper and lumber as well. So uh, it it slowed down a little the uh, operation that uh, you know we had in the U.S. Uh, not necessarily cutting shifts, but uh, an impact on productivity for sure in, in Arkansas. Uh, didn't have any impact, as we said earlier, on the restart of, the, of uh, El Dorado. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, sometimes we had to slow down a shift or two, but as far as capacity, uh, we're catching up pretty good uh, by, uh, you know, adding shift going forward that we can do, you know, when the people are back. So, uh, I wouldn't say on the, on the pure volume, uh, I, we don't see an impact, uh, you know, midterm. So. Okay, thanks. Uh, that's helpful. And, and Eve, uh, do, you, do you see potential for a uh, North American t tissue price hike um, coming? I, I mean, I'm just thinking of given the significant move in in, uh, in pulp prices and the fact that most of the industry is uh, non-integrated. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, it's just, it's kind of an unbalanced demand right now between uh, at home and away from home. So and uh, you know, we're trying to manage uh, both right now. And uh, you know, of course. The pulp uh, is going to have an impact on the cost of the uh, of the tissue uh, operation, uh, not just for just for us, for the whole industry. But fortunately, we're we're integrated. So. Okay, thanks. Uh, that's helpful. And uh, Remy, uh, just a question for you. I'm just curious. You know, as you look to some of the changes that uh, you might look to make in the in the first year as, as CEO, you know, where do you see when you think of the portfolio? Are there additional um, you know, assets that you 
you know you you, you think you could look to monetize this year? Uh, we always keep an eye on that, Tamir. I would tell you that uh, you know we've done some moves in the past to try to optimize and balance our portfolio. Uh, we might look to it. I, I think what I would say, though, to your larger question, you know, my priorities essentially moving forward uh, are to keep uh, the focus and discipline around capital allocation. I think that's going to be very important as we move forward. And if we do uh, decide to monetize some assets, uh, then focus on uh, taking a little bit more leverage out of the business. Uh, I do want to focus on encouraging growth, especially as we look to uh, replace the diminishing uh, EBITDA coming from paper. I think there's potentially a couple things we might look at, either bolt-ons or extensions in the lumber segment. Uh, Eve talked about the importance of continuing to integrate and grow our U.S. assets in the U.S., the El Dorado sawmills coming online, so that's going to be able to uh, important to push that forward, uh, and also the restart of Ignace, so we can get some uh, a bit of capacity growth there. And I do want to focus on uh, maintaining a fanatical focus on asset performance across the whole portfolio consistent with uh, Resolute's history and reputation as being excellent operators. Great. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Remy. That's, uh, that's all I had. And uh, Eve, uh, all the best in uh, retirement. Thank you, Amir. Your next question comes from Paul Quinn of RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much. Good morning. Uh, congratulations, Eve. 40 years, uh, almost 40 years there. Wow, the changes you must have seen through that company. It's uh, <laughs> a little bit yeah. mind-blowing. Um, Maybe uh, starting on the wood product side, just uh, the additional volume you expect to get in, in 2021 through the restart of Ignace and, and startup El Dorado, what is that approximately? I mean, on the yearly run rate, I would say probably about 200, uh, 200 million board feet. So uh, if I think, you know, we're, we're going to restart on the one shift at the beginning with Ignace and the capacity of El Dorado is about 180, 185. So, of course, different mix, but full capacity about that, yeah. And then, um, you know, we've seen this big uh, run-up in, in, in pulp prices. You know, the way I look at it, global inventories are still pretty high. Just wondering what you expect in in, uh, in the coming quarters in terms of your realized prices to come up and how sustainable is, is the current market. Paul, uh, I'll take that one. So, uh, I mean, we looked at the PPPC stats, and certainly there's a lot of, uh, of room in the corridor of what is normal. But when you look back over the build that occurred late in 2018, uh, yeah, I think at one point we had 1.5 million extra tons of capacity sitting on the market, and that's largely worked its way through. So we're seeing a pretty strong pickup in demand. Our own inventory is also uh, very, very low. Uh, so in the business that we're doing now, uh, we are seeing a, a pickup in activity and pricing in the pulp segment, and we should start to realize that uh, in the first quarter. So we, we see conditions as pretty encouraging now. Okay, and then just lastly on the on the paper side, you guys have taken you know quite a bit of you know uh, downtime in in the sector. I guess you've you've got uh, Amos and, and Baycom on hot idle. What's, what's the plan going forward? Is is there plan on, on permanent shuts or restarts of these facilities? What, what, is, what is our plan here? We'll, we'll see, you know, as we, we said, we, we're hitting the mills, you know, and uh, we have two machines on, on New Spring and Becomo and one in, 
when it enables. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen about uh, on the market. Of course, it's a lot of tonnage to say that we're going to restart all that tonnage in New Spring might be uh, difficult. But uh, we also have you know people in communities looking for diversification. So uh, we don't have the answer yet. But uh, of course, you know it's a lot of tonnage that is down right now. So that's about New Spring. Uh, so we also have, uh, you know, white paper machines that are smaller that we, we're using right now that we took down in their back. So uh, we're playing with the uh, assets we have and uh, do the best we can. But uh, to answer your question, that's, uh, we don't really know what the market is going to do going forward. So. All right. That's all, all I have. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Your next question comes from Kesia Kopitia of TD Securities. Your line is open. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Kasia at TD, filling in for Sean. <clears throat> uh, hi, good morning. Um, Remy, you already provided some good context on capital allocation. Just wanted to circle back quickly. Um, so insofar as strategic initiatives are concerned, you talked about lumber. Anything on the pulp side that you're looking at? Well, what we focused our efforts on in the last couple of years, Kasia, is really improving the operations that we have. As you know, we've got two uh, fantastic pulp mills in, uh, in Canada, in St. Pichet and Thunder Bay, uh, and we've invested to, uh, to provide for incremental capacity growth, specifically in, uh, in St. Pichet, and that's been very, uh, very good for us. So we'll continue to focus on our pulp mills for incremental, uh, incremental capacity growth. Uh, and generating more value from the assets we have with, with cost reductions. That's what I'd see on the immediate term for pulp. Okay, and any uh, number that you can quantify in terms of that incremental capacity growth that you expect? Uh, no, not necessarily. It's always, you know, like the investments that we made in St. Felicien was about 40,000 tons over the last couple of years of improvements, and we're seeing that in the throughput today, and it's encouraging. So we continue to chip away at it and improve wherever we, uh, wherever we can. Gotcha. Okay, and just going back to Paul's question around the El Dorado and Ignace restarts, when do you expect those uh, sawmills to be running at the full run rate that you mentioned? Uh, as far as the Dorado, as I mentioned, we, uh, we started in December, so we're, we're ramping up to the uh, second, ship, uh, uh, second ship as we go. Uh, we're training the employees right now, so uh, we expect by the end of the second quarter to be pretty much running on two shifts. So, of course, a few bugs and ramping up, but uh, you know, between the, the second and the third quarter, we should be full production. As far as the news, it could be, uh, should be pretty fast as soon as we restart. We're talking about a, a pretty small uh, one-line stud mill, so uh, one shift. So I believe that about a month, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be back at uh, where we should be. And, but you guys plan to restart Ignace at more than one shift eventually down the line, right? Later this year, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. And uh, Eve, I think you mentioned uh, you took some paper downtown this quarter. I didn't quite catch the number. Would you be able just to repeat it? We, uh, it's 143000 that we put in the market downtime, Kasha, and that represents the two mills in Amos and Bay Como uh, and uh, Machine and Alma as well. Got it. Okay. And uh, just the last question on markets maybe. I mean, we've seen prices move uh, New Sprint higher in North America, and there's some uh, – higher prices going on in, in some key markets offshore as well. Any contact you can provide just around those markets and where you see things trending over the next little while? 
Well, you know, from our perspective, we certainly saw in the fourth quarter an increase in shipments of 43,000 tons, which was a welcome change from the 30% drop in demand that we've been uh, we've been living through. So I think that's working its way through. Demand is starting to come back, and it's getting reflected, uh, as I said, with uh, with shipments, and we see it uh, in pricing as well. So, I mean, the, the task for us is just to make sure that we're optimizing the network, we're keeping our inventory low, uh, and uh, try to satisfy customer demand wherever we can, uh, and, uh, and be a good supplier. Okay, great. Those are all the questions I had. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, Kasha. Your next question comes from Benoit Laprade of Scotiabank. Your line is open. Great, thank you. Uh, first of all, Eve, I want to add my voice to uh, congratulating you on on retirement, and Rémi, obviously, congratulations uh, on your nomination as well. So I wish uh, both of you, wishing both of you uh, all the best in this new chapter of your lives. Um, quick one for me on the tissue side. Just wanted to understand how we can reconcile the fact that the average transaction price actually decreased due to a higher percentage of parent roles. But at the same time, we had actually 6% higher uh, average delivered cost. So I thought that you know, producing more rolls would have also triggered a reduction in, in average cost. Well, the, the transaction price for a parent roll is obviously significantly lower than uh, converted goods. What happened, Benoit, over the course of the last couple quarters is that productivity for the tissue machine in Calhoun has increased. And so we were building up... Uh, inventory, uh, and we decided in the fourth quarter to reduce that uh, to uh, to just be more efficient. So by doing that, it reduces the average transaction cost. Uh, I would tell you that uh, you know there are uh, there are costs that we also picked up in the fourth quarter, one-time costs uh, that played into the uh, average delivered cost as well. So you, when you work all that through, it's how you end up with the two million dollars of EBITDA. Uh, as we said, uh, two million is is a bit sluggish for the tissue business in the fourth quarter, uh, and we think we can uh, do better, and we expect that we will. Okay, so looking forward, the the addition of that new converting capacity plus the absence of that uh, inventory reduction, so we should expect, uh, on average, everything else kept equal, better prices and better costs in looking in coming quarters versus what we saw in Q4. That's correct. That's correct. So we did 17 million of EBITDA in 2020 uh, by bringing uh, the Hagerstown assets uh, into our portfolio. It's going to allow us to increase the roles, the parent roles that we convert out of Calhoun, uh, improve distribution of the business. If you look at the trend, and we've got a slide in the deck that shows you for the tissue business the progression that we've made uh, over the last two years with pricing. Uh, the trend is pretty clear. We've been focusing significantly on uh, customer portfolio optimization and improving our mix, uh, and you can see that in the segment. So I think the fourth quarter was really more of a, a one-time thing. As, as, as we said, we destocked, and so took the hit on pricing, but the momentum we think is there, and the business can do better than it did in the fourth quarter. Great. Thank you. That was That's it for me. That's good. I see there are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to the presenters. Excellent. Thank you for joining <coughs> us today. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. 
Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.